In 2016, scientists on Earth detected a fast radio burst from a distant region of space with no observable SARS. The following transmissions were declassified by the scientific community and given to us to present as the Binary Saga. Log entry Hymavina 75, 2379, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, noodles! Pei just gets more adorable in every picture you send me! I can't get over how much she looks like you. Is she speaking yet? Are you Uncle Huff Huff? I love how involved in her life you are. That is so special. You're making me so jealous. I can't wait to be a mom. Kai and I are actively trying, even though we know it probably won't happen for a while. Kai likes to say, you never know, we could get lucky. And I told him he get, always gets lucky. <laughs> Did you know Andy's grandmother, Alora, was a surrogate too? She donated her eggs to her twin brother, Colvar, so he and his husband, Jeff, could have children. I love hearing stories like that. I guess it's my way of saying you gave Joru and Sona such an amazing gift. What's going on with Jiri? Is she still with Adam? Between you and me, does she really like him? I thought it was really your dad who liked their possible pairing, and Jiri wasn't sure if she had feelings for him. She's probably still hung up on Jason. I know, Jason is with Aaron, but you never really forget your first lover. I know this, because Kai was actually my first. I can't believe I never told you. But it was just before I started at Stromsheim Polytech, and I wanted my first time to be with someone that I knew and trusted, not just some fling. Kai felt the same way. It's funny how we ended up together in the end. Thank you for sending me the vid of the Hurricanes final! Kai and I love that we get to see the whole season before anyone. Your brother is a beast out there! That first save from the left wing, damn, it was epic! Modi is so good. I saw on the network he's thinking of moving to the Sirens. Makes sense since his current coach is a jerk. Modi should have been starting goalie when he joined the team. The Sirens is probably a better fit. Did you hear they signed Yuri? He's the best center forward. Also, thank you for the birthday wishes. I love how you always sing to me. You are such a sweetheart. I told Kai we just need to jump on one of the new Bergstadt Skoda class ships and meet you at the Space Hotel. And you will have to take some time off because you are going to need it. <laughs> Ugh, I'm still pissed that you didn't get command of the CS3 because you would be coming here. I can't believe Jason got command over you. I thought you were the best pilot. The VSA system is rigged. I'm sorry, babe. Hopefully the next ship... Please tell me you have at least vomited in his washer at his party in revenge. <clears throat> you know, on Viron, they have a celebration called Little Linnea. It takes place before the St. Linnea holiday, mostly for friends, and it's informal. But all little silly indiscretions that happen at Little Linnea parties must be forgiven. Pour someone's very expensive Proxima into Sodi? My bad, little Linnea. You kiss someone's girlfriend? It's okay, because it was during little Linnea. Just tell Jason, sorry man, little Linnea. <laughs> no, to answer your question, we haven't been back to Alondra since we watched Brengard FC play in the football to playoffs. And you know, I thought I would miss it more. But after living on Viron for a few years, I completely forgot how much I don't miss the awful traffic, crowds, and the elitist Elandrans. Javi, Viron is great. It's like the whole planet is as cool as Hopnina. I would love for my parents to move, but my mom just got a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. That's okay, because we're back here almost half the time now. Kai is working on some super huge contract house noose park one with the Alithian fleet. Something about subspace disruptors? I don't know. You know me. When Kai turns into Dr. Kai noose park, astronautical engineer, I just get turned on by how smart he is and I get lost in his green eyes. <laughs> oh, so... Remember how I told you I was really excited to go to my first Veronian wedding? <laughs> yeah, well, that's not happening. 
I don't know if CJ or Heather already told you, but Inez happened to be on Alondria for work and stopped by her fiancé Zane's place to surprise him. Another woman answered the door in his shirt. Apparently, he chased after her and apologized, but Inez was having none of it. Then she got a message from him saying that he wanted the engagement ring back. I mean, looking back, it was so obvious. He was always conveniently on business trips with no hand terminal service. He would only spend a week at a time on Viron, and he kept pushing back the wedding. According to CJ, Inez's dad, Bjorn, was unimpressed with Zane, but Inez ignored her dad's warnings because she was in love. Really, the first clue should have been Kai, who also never liked him, and Kai likes everyone. (laughs) When her dad learned about what happened, he got very quiet and asked where he lived. Inez said CJ had to calm Bjorn down and said she would take care of it. Trust me, Zane would rather have taken the swing from Lord Laurelin. CJ and Janine scheduled a business dinner with him anonymously as potential clients. Apparently, when they sat down at the table, he went pale. Then Janine reminded him of how Veronians take care of their own and don't take kindly to liars. He brushed her off and asked Janine if she was threatening him. I guess CJ said, she's not, but I am, and you made my girl cry. And then they left. (laughs) CJ and Janine then systematically ruined his social standing by having him blackballed at all the exclusive social clubs on every planet, got him uninvited from several high-profile events, and arranged to have him pulled into secondary custom screenings every time he leaves Alondra. <laughs> Zane finally showed up on Viron, apologized to Inez, and said she could have the ring. <clears throat> Inez says she is done with Mana Man, and if you were still available, she would love to message you. I told her to get in line. <laughs> no, you should message her. She's a sweetheart, and she might need a little ego boost. Poor girl. Kai's mom, Frida, and his uncle, Helgi, turn 100 this year. 100 is a big deal in our culture, as it means you're now officially entering your prime century. Of course, in typical Noose Park fashion, there was a family party at Helgi and Juniper's place in West Brengard. This is what I love about Kai's family. They always celebrate each other. Even if it's something small, they're just always there for one another. Frida and Helgi received some amazing and touching gifts. Kai and CJ stole the evening, though, when they brought out a bucket of a hundred rocks and a hammer that had world's okayest uncle engraved on it. It was so funny. Helgi just kept hugging them both with tears and laughter. I showed Helgi the video of Pei breaking rocks, and he felt so proud to know the tradition continues. <laughs> well, we're actually back on Haimavina. It's been eventful. As you know, House Vinstrasse has been trying to build a space elevator here. Building a space elevator is a monster project, as you can imagine, and it takes decades of planning. Land grants, contractor plans, and votes. After that, it's another decade to design, construct, and test the elevator, even before it's put into use. Anyways, about a week ago, Kai and I joined CJ at Helgi and Juniper's for dinner, We were just chatting when Helgi asked me and CJ if he needed a bill to be passed. Who should he talk to? CJ gave Helgi a quick beginner's guide on the Heimavinen representatives. Then she linked him to a list of representatives that House Jorgensen was on good terms with and followed that with a quick interactive explanation using glasses on the table. (laughs) I explained to Helgi a few of the more obscure Sam Coma rules that might help him. He was actually touched that Kai's genius uncle was coming to us for political advice. CJ and I didn't put much thought into Helgi's questions and flew back to Stromsheim for the week. I was wrapping up performance reviews for our staff on Viron when my executive assistant came into my office and turned on my vid screen. Representative Kohler was in the middle of a press conference, proudly stating that Haimavinas did not want a space elevator and that the bill failed with more than three quarters of the votes. Representative Kohler went on to say that only a Haimavinan company could understand the needs of our planet and our future with Bella. 
Then Helgi got up and announced a rollout of Verkstad's new ships, intentionally designed to make flights to the Alithian system affordable for everyone. You guessed it. Helgi used our advice to kill the Heimavina space elevator bill and secure House Newspark's hold on the Heimavinan space industry. That project, which was now in ruins, had been a House Finstrasse project led by Andy for over a decade. I found CJ in her office with her hand over her mouth. When she and I got back to the Jorgensen estate, Andy was cooking in the kitchen. He turned around and smiled at both of us. CJ quickly explained that it was all her fault. Andy held up his hands and said that Helgi had spoken to him before the press conference. Love, it was just a project and lots of projects fail. They hugged and I felt a little like a voyeur witnessing a touching moment. Not that I had doubts about them, but it confirmed to me their relationship is solid as ice. I tried to sneak back to our apartment to give them some privacy, but Andy insisted I join them for dinner. Andy was not angry at us or at the news parks, but at his mom, Raythea, and himself. He was frustrated that House Finstrasse spent so much money on a project they should have known would fail if they'd paid attention. House Finstrasse created the elevator tech and has been using the same old playbook for centuries. This made him realize how behind they were, and he was now worried what else Raythea might have blundered into. Andy headed back to Elandra a few days after that to do damage control. CJ's still here, but she's scheduled to leave next week with her legislative team for the start of the new Samcoma session. Speaker of the Samcoma, Helena Ukland won re-election, which is good and bad for us. My dad's boss, Representative Kios, also got re-elected, which we expected. Kios is fairly senior now and will be appointed chairman of the Velon Relations Committee. He's been pushing to accelerate trade negotiations, but he still has to work with the trade minister, who's a kusipa from Ganima. My dad says he's as stubborn as a puppy fjarhund and half as bright. <laughs> In fun news, Kai and I attended the launch of a new massive multiplayer online role-playing game called Realm of the Fallen Oracle. Our academy buddy, Brian Carrington, is the designer. You may have heard of Brian from Jason. He helped stabilize the network platform on the Heimavian side. Anyway, Kai and I play every chance we can. It's really fun, and there are servers all over the Alithian system and Heimavina. Brian really wants to get servers on Vela, but he's still waiting on trade negotiations. The event was like a Verkstad product launch. Music, fireworks, and tons of food and drinks. Brian invited our old academy gang, and it was fun to catch up with people. Brian was doing his rounds and introduced us to his new wife, a pretty woman from Ganema, who none of us knows exactly what she does for a living. She's all over the nets posting with products or taking pictures of herself at every event. We all felt a little bad laughing that Brian married exactly who we expected he would. <laughs> Brian was a nerdy kid like the rest of our group, but he always went after the super pretty popular girls instead of us smart nerdy girls. <laughs> I guess he finally got his popular girl. I know, I'm so mean. <laughs> finally, my bit of good news. Heather and Max got married. They surprised everyone during a regular family weekend at the Fjallstad estate. On Saturday night, when everyone was hanging out in the great room, Heather's grandmother Lillian called Heather and Max to the front of the huge fireplace and officiated their ceremony. It was such a happy surprise. They used the Fjallstad great axe to cut their hands, which was super cool. I think Heather's mom, Thora, was a little bummed that Heather didn't want a big wedding, but this was definitely more them. I sent you a ton of pictures, and Heather says she sent you a vid, too. We all wish you were there. Talk soon, hot stuff. Smooches. Mari, age 45. Log entry Vela 75, Vela Rotat 2700, cycle 10 of the second annual. From the depths of the sea to the vastness of space, there's no one like my Mari when the light befalls your face. Hey there, Lily. As much as I love opening up my messages to you with more information about you, and me, and the things that we <coughs> get up to, uh, right now I'm really focused on the mission and Jason. Is he there yet? Seriously, have you heard anything? 
I know it's probably a little bit early. Do you know much about the engine he is testing? From all the tests that we have run here and seen in The Sims, it's supposed to be a full-on jump engine. As in, the craft leaves the space here and it appears there. The weirdos upstairs keep saying that it's time to make the jump and something about time dilation and blah blah blah. Jason left here about three annals ago, and I want to know if he's gotten there yet. The plan was to spend about one or two annals in orbit here running diagnostics and system tests. Then about ten cycles ago they engaged the jump engine. Everything from ground control looked amazing. A burst of energy flooded out from the front of the vessel and nearly blinded all our sensors. When we re-established everything, the CS3 was gone. All of the other sensors showed that they moved into the energy stream, like they were supposed to, and then, poof, disappeared. Let me be clear, this, that is what's supposed to happen. The scientists here are all cheering and bottles started popping. They said that, based on all their calculations, that it could be up to four to five annals before it reaches Hem of Inner Space, which is still better than the two and a half Rotat trip that MagSail runs. I'm sure that once the tests are done, and they can start calibrating all that mathy type stuff, they can get the time down. It makes me so excited. Imagine that sometime in our lifetime, I should be able to swing by just for a visit. I mean, I hope it happens in our lifetime. I mean, you and I have things we need to do there, girl. I know that it's kind of sad to hear that I wasn't selected to be the commander of this mission. But if I'm being honest with you, I'm actually really glad that Jason got it. I think he needs this. He's actually in a good place now with Aaron and everything that happened with his natural mother. And there is still a part of him that regrets for what he could have had before the accident. I think that if he can get a successful test of this engine, it will in some way give him some closure. So I may have, very quietly, withdrawn my application for the position. Besides, he isn't even going to be landing there. I want to be on the next one that actually gets to visit. How bad would it be to stare up at the stars? Or be up there, staring down, and know that you and I were so close, but just out of reach. Forget that. When I come out there, we are meeting up, and there is going to be a party. You, me, and Kaj are going to need physical therapy when we are done with my visit. Geary is still with Admin for now. I don't know what she sees in him. I think Dad is pushing for her to settle down, because Adam likes to help out around the fields, and is good with the machinery. From what I hear, though, that's about all he is good at. Sure, she claims that he is sweet and all, but I rarely actually see them together. Maybe that's what she likes about him, that he's hardly around. As for her and Jason, I'm sure I have no idea what you're talking about. They're just friends, and always have been such. Yep, just friends. That's all I have to say about that. Pay is cute too, don't you think? I keep warning Joro that he may have to alert the reef guard because that level of cuteness may be illegal in most regions. The three of them actually moved to a quiet neighbourhood just outside of CNR because they thought the bustle of the city wasn't great for raising a child. I think it was more because they kept getting an influx of visitors. Pei has become a kind of a mascot for the VSA and the TPP. Most of the pilots don't put in for the mating ceremony because of the nature of our work. Or they wait for retirement. So having a pilot that is also a parent is a little rare. Which means that everyone there loves her. The last time she was visiting, she wore her tiny little flight suit that Uncle Javi got her, and everyone went crazy. It's adorable. Of course there are photos. I'm glad that you enjoyed the Hurricanes game I sent. Modi was super proud of that save he did at the end. Because of that move, the sirens swooped him up on the spot, and he loves the new team. He actually requested to not be starting goalie, if you can believe that. His reasoning was that the starter usually gets burned out quickly, so as an alternate, he's happy to step in and close out the game. The first goal block is cool and all, but the game-saving goal at the end is what lives in memory. He's really excited about it, but sad they're based out of Nosenov, which means that he will be moving out there. Not that it matters much with the shuttles that are flying now. Getting around the planet has never really been easier. They're even building out some rail skiff lines using the same tech they put in for Nora. So getting from one place to another is easy now. The waters in Nosenar are actually better for Hainolu anyways. Sionar is ice cold by comparison. Sure, the waves get a bit high here because of the winds coming in. But when you're out on your board for the most of the cycle, 
the cold makes you feel tired faster than riding. It would be nice to go visit him out there, so we can hit the warmer waves together. I'm still waiting to see what the Hofnina Hammers are going to do with their starting lineup. We have a whole crew here that have been putting in their picks for the league, and my coolets are on the Signy to be team captain. That girl has the arm that could crush stone, and flows like she's trying to put the ball into orbit. Please tell me that she was picked. I have a lot riding on this. Oh, and I have to tell you about a mission I ran recently. There was a big VIP visit from some of the investors from the Lac Kula A. That's the space hotel you were asking about. Although it's not so much a hotel anymore as a full-on resort and minor city. They recently opened up to limited people and there were a few special tours going on. A billet came up for one of those trips that needed a pilot and I snatched the listing before anyone else could see it. It's a simple run that most of the other pilots wouldn't even look at. But they are interested in the flight. I was more about the destination. The trip was just an up and back to drop off these dignitaries. But I had a plan. We launched from Sienar, and it only took a few quarter tides before we were docking. The projected flight log showed that we were just supposed to stay docked long enough for the disembarkation before we needed to head back. Oddly enough, my crew and I mentioned that we may have a warning light on the landing struts, and it was having trouble retracting. I requested a maintenance crew to look at it. When they arrived, I had a quick chat with the chief of the crew, and may have slipped him a vintage bottle of citrus from Dad's farm. After a quick inspection, he came back to let us know that they would need to completely disassemble the strut and put it back together. We would need to stick around for a full cycle and leave in the morning. They put us up in some of the crew quarters for the night and gave us free run of the whole station. Mari, you are going to love this place. There are waterfalls in every part of the main concourse and all the shops you could ever want. It's huge. Everything is impossibly clean and shining. I imagine that's what all of Elendron looks like. Except without all those stuffy people. Wait, scratch that. Everyone who was there at the time were all fancy scale investors and council members. So maybe it was exactly like Elendra. My crew and I spent the evening dining at one of their nicer restaurants. I had some amazing Banten steak that just melted in my mouth. Afterwards we just lounged in one of the pools that had an open window above us and looked down at Vela. We could watch the path of the Von La cover the planet in darkness as all the city lights started to turn on. When I am done on this rotation on the TPP, I think I need to retire as a shuttle pilot out of there. That place is amazing. I'm so happy for Heather and Max. I need to send them a message soon. It's so cute that they had a nice little ceremony with just those they loved around them. Don't get me wrong, I love a big ceremony, but there is something so intimate about just having those closest to you around. Jason needs to hurry up with his damn test. Once he's done, we can start making more vessels like that, and I can stop missing out on the big events happening over there. Come on, Jason. You're delaying my very important social schedule. It's kind of a shame about the plans for the space elevator there. Everything I've heard about them, from the concept ideas that floated around for a long time, to the photos and news from the Elithian system, make them seem like really cool and ingenious technology. On the other web, though, they must have a huge drain on the economy and design, construction and maintenance. Far easier to just build a station in orbit and provide routine flights up and down. If something on one of the shuttles has an issue, you take that one out and rotate in a new one. If something fails on a space elevator, it could shut down all transit and you're relying on shuttles anyways. I bet Helga gets that concept with him being at Verkstad. That's a lucrative deal for them to provide all that transportation. Not to mention that there's that bit of a rush when you launch from the pad and experience the transition from atmosphere to orbit. In the right craft, it's really stunning. You have to experience that by now, right? I'm sure that Helga just wants everyone to experience that. Well, and all the money stuff I mentioned before. It is a shame about Andy, though. I'm sure that he probably worked pretty hard on that deal for it to fall out from under him. I am glad that he took it well. Did you know that he actually sent me a fourth day message? I had no idea that he even knew where my fourth day was. With everything he has going on, he still always seems to be so nice to everyone. It was great to hear from him. CJ had better hold on to him because if I get to Hemavina on more of a regular basis, I may have to try and steal him from her. Tell me more about this game that Brian was working on. 
You know that Jason and I both love our games. I mean, I get it. His wife is cute and all. But the game? Is it fun? I am happy for his success. Jason told me that he was working on something big a long time ago. Back when they were working on the network more. Is this the thing? We have a few smaller scale games like that here. One of them, Shadows of the Twin Sisters, is even attempting to replicate Himavina. They're taking scans from satellites and scouring the various news feeds, and user-submitted photos to recreate specific locations around your planet. You can then log in and walk around Stromsheim, and pick up quests or on missions, and collect resources. We tried it back when it first started, and just laughed so much at everything they were getting wrong. All of the Hemavinians that roamed the street were like eight fallows tall, and had very long, weird pointed ears. I think some of their information may be a little embellished. I will log back in and see if they've updated anything and send you some photos from it. Anywhere in particular you want me to find in the game, so we can compare. Send me some screenshots of the one Brian did so I can see the virtual you as well. May the waves embrace you like I would. Have you. Log entry Hymavina 76, 2380, Age of Enlightenment. Hey, Noodles. Well, it's been two months and we still have not heard from Jason and the rest of the crew from the CS3. The Alithian 4th Fleet had some JCN field reporters on board of the command ship, and they have filled their time by interviewing pretty much every astronautical engineer from Hoxha, Verkstad, and Hagen Industries they could find. Even Kai was interviewed. And they have all explained that this is normal, with the type of craft the VSA was flying, and the arrival time was just an estimate. Hoxa has ships all over the system just in case they jumped into a different location. Verkstad has mobilized their Valkyra-class recovery ships as well. But Kai's Uncle Helgi has reassured all of us that it's just a precaution. The whole family was at Kai's parents' place in Hopnina the other night and it was the first time we'd seen Grandma Iria on a little on edge. She was pacing, which made everyone nervous, because Iria doesn't get nervous. Finally, Helgi told his mom to chill. But then I noticed that CJ and Andy were not with the rest of us. I found them outside on one of the sofas. CJ was laying on Andy's lap. I overheard Andy say, Love, it's really easy to be stressed out, but the smartest people on all of the planets are working on this. Plus, you know Jason, if there was a problem on the ship, he'd be working on it. What does your heart say? You know, Andy is right. Spaceflight is hard, and we need to remember what's in our hearts. We know Jason is okay and until we hear otherwise. But I'm happy your message came in, because it was another reminder that I need to take my husband's advice and just relax. If your scientists were celebrating, then I'm just going to enjoy this bottle of vin and know that Jason is fine. He'll probably show up by the time I hit send on this message. Okay, let's distract ourselves. I have vin, you go grab a citrus. I'll wait. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about the Hopnina Hammer's new lineup. Signa main team captain, which was great. Your culets are secured. But Ellis and Newton both took the new Harstead Ravens money and are now on Ganema. The joke is on them, because they've been in last place all season. The Talina Lions were having a great season, and Kai and I went with Janine's Uncle Erko and her cousin Kurt to one of the playoff games. The game was good, but the Lions are out too. However, I did score you a jersey. Speaking of Erko... He joined Verksad Space, and Kai, who has a little hero worship for him, is very excited. Urko retired as a captain from the Alithian 4th Fleet and was such a sharp-skilled aviator, his call sign is Talon. Kai's Aunt Juniper has flown against him in training exercises and said his call sign is well-deserved. He also did a rotation as a flight instructor at Guardian, which is apparently where elite pilots hone their techniques and tactics. All of this is funny to me, though, because while he has a menacing call sign, he's such a goofball. Juniper says he was always laughing on comms, playing pranks, and liked to show off his baking skills by bringing in his creations to officer meetings. <laughs> Erko knows everyone in the fleet, and I guess he's opened some serious doors for Verkstad. Anyway, 
We were at Urko and Sonnet's place recently for Sunundog brunch when Urko told Kai that he was itching to test out some of Verkstad's ships. Kai reminded him they were just boring transport ships. Erko's response, which I think you will appreciate, was, A transport ship flies to a deadline. That means it's a race. <laughs> Helgi told him he's a senior manager in business development and not a test pilot. But if he wants to be demoted and take a test pilot salary, they'd be happy to accommodate. <laughs> Erko looked thoughtful for a moment, but Sonnet started yelling from the other side of the kitchen that she hated it when he was away to who knows where and liked having him home. There was a very touching moment when Erko wrapped his arms around his wife. I know that feeling. I don't like it when Kai is up at JSC or on Avalon Station. I don't even like it when I know you are out. I know it comes with the job, but I feel better when you are both on solid ground. Erko gave me a couple of Guardian Fleet base patches for you and Jason. He thinks if you were both Mana, you would have been selected for advanced flight school. Hopefully, I'll get to send those, the jerseys, a bunch of little things for pay, and an upcoming probe. Kai's grandmother, Vera, says she will make sure my package makes it on the next rotation. But it would be better if I could just give it to you when you come to Hymavina. <sighs> Babe, please stop teasing me about this hotel. I already told Kai we have to go, like, yesterday. Those pictures are so cool. There is nothing like that here or in the Alithian system. There are cruise spacecraft, but nothing like a stationary place. I've been playing Realm of the Fallen Oracle a lot to wind down. I actually suck at it, but I love running around the game, doing easy quest lines, and enjoying the music. Yes, Brian came up with the idea back at the Academy. I wish you could play because you're a better gamer than me and you might actually enjoy the group quests and encounters. Like I said, I'm terrible. I've been kicked out of groups for standing in things I shouldn't. Stop laughing at me, I know. You can see from the screenshots I sent how pretty the game is. My avatar is probably pretty silly to a villain with the horns and the hooves, but I think she's cool looking. I like playing something that looks nothing like me. Let's see. As far as where to go in the shadow of the Twin Sisters game, can you get to the waterfront in Hopnina? Kai and I took a bunch of pictures for you at the Marina Cafe shop where his parents met. Maybe you can see if they got it right. They probably didn't get the Gisto and Iria fan art, so we sent you photos of that too. We showed Iria that art that had been updated and she rolled her eyes and said, Gisto was blue, not purple. <laughs> It still cracks me up that you have a crush on Andy. You know, he's a tall, skinny dork, right? Of course, if you ask CJ, she thinks he's a cutie. <laughs> She's probably immune to actual hotness. Her dad, Rowan, is gorgeous. When I was a teenager, I used to love going to her house just to get a glimpse of Dr. Jorgensen. But then Kai grew up to look just like him. Lucky me. <laughs> and then there's CJ's mentor, Bjorn. <sighs> Javi, trust me, he's, um, I'm attaching pictures. <laughs> a few months ago, before we all returned to Hymavina to anticipate the CS3 arrival, the guys joined Janine's boyfriend, Rune, on Yasna for surf weekend. Kai wanted me to tell you that you made surfing seem way easier than it actually is, but agrees that there's something very calming about sitting on the board and feeling the waves. With the guys gone, Janine called for a sister's night out. After drinks at Janine's place, we visited a seer in the old district. Heather, CJ, and I went to a seer once during the Mira Light Festival years ago. Whether it's real or not, it's a fun experience. We got to the seer's shop and it felt like we stepped back in time. It was filled with these great replicas of ancient books, candles, and trinkets. We all bought candles and jewelry. Then it was time for our readings. The seer told me she could tell I was surrounded by love and family and not to worry as I'll have many blessings. I just giggled and thanked her. Afterwards at the bar, we all compared notes. Everyone seemed to get a lot of good fortune and it was fun to interpret what she said. CJ complained she must have drawn the same stones because she got a similar reading as last time. 
We were discussing the odds of that happening when CJ's face fell and we all turned around to see her ex-boyfriend Harik walking towards the table. Harik greeted Heather and I, but we didn't respond. Javi, I don't have words for how much I hate Harik, and my reasons go beyond breaking my sister's heart. He asked CJ if they could speak privately. CJ told him that she was with family, and whatever he had to say, he could say in front of us. He looked at me and Heather, and he looked at the Laurel and sisters and took a deep breath. He told CJ that a few years back, he was approached by the House Laurel and security team, who asked questions about their relationship and confiscated some very intimate and private pictures. Before he or anyone else could react, CJ opened up her hand terminal and said, let me show you what trust looks like. She showed him that the Laurel and security team returned the pictures for her. She also played part of a recording in which he bragged about intimate details of their relationship completely unprompted. Harik's lie collapsed around him and it was hard for the rest of us not to laugh in his face. But then CJ stood up and yelled, Hark, I trusted you once with my heart, my secrets, and my body. And you sold me for what? To look cool in front of strangers. If I ever see you again, I will make the rumors about my family sword real. I wish I had filmed that exchange. After CJ was done yelling at him, he tried to apologize. But CJ just stormed out of the bar. I walked up to Harik and said, no, do not follow her. Outside, CJ was still shaking, and you could tell she was trying not to cry. She is usually very controlled, and while Harik deserved it, she never comes unglued like that in public. I know she's been scared for Jason since he left. I think her anxiety from the CS1 accident and the fact that he's out on another experimental spacecraft has left her a ball of nerves. The Laurel and sisters declared that they had a way to fix the evening. When they were stressed as kids, their mom had them put on snuggly pajamas, grab blankets and pillows, and transform their sunroom into a sleepover. Their dad would make warm apple cider, turn off the lights, and the five of them would snuggle up and watch the Aurora Borealis. The idea was to show the girls how big the universe was, and watching the night lights would calm them down. Bjorn was a little shocked when he opened his front door to all of us standing there. Heather and I both lost the ability to speak because Bjorn was just in tight swim shorts with a towel over his shoulder. (laughs) I guess he was in the middle of doing laps when we showed up. Janine and her sisters walked past him and told him we were doing a sunroom sleepover. He laughed and reminded them that his house was not the same house they all grew up in. But his annoyance quickly evaporated when he saw CJ's face as she walked in. Bjorn put his arm around her, and CJ finally broke down crying against him. They walked towards his great room. As we gathered blankets, pillows, and transformed the sunroom into a sleepover, I finally heard CJ laughing. Sadly, Bjorn changed into more appropriate clothing. (laughs) He made us warm apple cider before he excused himself so we could enjoy our sleepover. We passed CJ's feel stone around to see if we could feel Jason in the sky. We asked Linnea to watch over him and then just enjoy the lights. It worked because even I felt better about everything after looking at the lights. In the morning, Bjorn made us apple waffles and cafe. I was totally jealous of the Laurel and sisters because my dad has never done anything like that, not even when I was a kid. I told them about the time I twisted my ankle at dance class and my dad told me to walk it off. Inez said no matter how old they get, their dad drops everything if one of them needs him. Bjorn blushed and then smiled as he sipped his cafe and leaned against the kitchen counter. I saw CJ sign, thank you, B" to him, and he just nodded and winked at her. He is such a good guy. Well, babe, I haven't heard anything, but I know Jason is okay. We have to think positive. Smooch's baby, Mari age 46. Lug entry Velo 76, Velo Rotat 2701, cycle 5 of the 3rd annual. Hey there Lily. I don't know if this made it out there yet, but I wanted to share with you a broadcast that was just made here, from Jason's mum. 
It was sent out to the entire planet on the Y-band to give everyone an update on the CS3's progress. Ladies and gentlemen of the press, the Council, and all of Vela. As many of you know, spaceflight and exploration are in my scales. When I was a young Velen, my father would take me to Trenor to watch the launches as we as a planet began our early steps into the stars. We have all witnessed and been involved with so many of the steps along the way to see our community expand into the Von La system. Throughout the entire journey, there have been plenty of rough waters to overcome, and we as a spacefaring race have done so. With each setback comes broad strokes forward. All of this has brought us to where we are now, venturing further than we have ever gone before. Unfortunately, today I'm here to discuss an event that may be viewed as another one of those setbacks. I emphasize the fact that this may only be a setback because of the information that we are still unaware of. As you know, the test flight of the CS-3 launched on the second annul of the last Rotat and prepared to engage a test that would allow us to extend that journey to the stars. The Brave crew activated the new system that will solidify our place in the galaxy as true space explorers. From all initial readings, the test was a success and worked as intended. The CS-3 vanished from its location, as it should have. At this time, however, all of the readings from the Velen Space Agency show, and our crew members and vessels around the system confirm those readings, that the CS-3 has not arrived at its designated location. I want to stress the fact that while we are deeply concerned with the disappearance of the craft and the crew, we have not yet given up hope that they will return to us. The nature of the experimental system that the CS-3 was built around meant that this was always a possibility. The members of the VSA community have assured me that every effort in locating the vessel is being made, and we will be notified the moment that anything comes ashore from those investigations. For now, Please keep the men and women of the crew in your thoughts, as we all wish them a speedy return to their loved ones here at home. Thank you, and may the waves bring them back to us. This is the official notification and stance that the council is taking. The unofficial word from us is more along the lines of freaking the fitty out. I've been on and off assisting the VSA and the TPP when I can help with the investigation. Right now, all I can do is wait. The readings from the craft before the jump all look normal, and the sensors here show that everything behaved exactly like it was supposed to. And it disappeared, like it was supposed to. But the targeted location didn't respond with any of the expected readings, and it's been a rotat now. It's okay, Abby, it's okay. Just breathe, heavy. So far as we can tell from our end, Jason and his crew went somewhere. We just don't know where. The overwhelming concern is partly because of the insane levels of calculations that are involved. When I start to think about it, my mind wanders into the worst case scenarios. Like, what if the target location ended up inside a planet? Or the middle of an asteroid field? Ugh, he could literally be inside Hemavina right now. We have spread vessels all throughout the system in hopes that a wider sensor range would help to detect anything. And while it's great that we have mapped out regions well beyond anything we've seen before, did you know that there are two bluish-white stars about three light rotats away? Oh, he could be out there. So far from everything, and we wouldn't even know about it until Pei is old enough to have kids. Oh, keep it together, Abby. It's fine. He's fine. Mari, I'm, I'm sorry. I know it's not making anything better, especially back there. I guess we just have to hope. Jason is a smart guy, and if anyone can figure it out, it will be him. You are really the only one I'm allowing myself to freak out in front of. I've been visiting with Ori as much as I can, trying to help her stay calm. Not that she needs it. I think she must have taken lessons from Merger, because there are times when I would go over there and she would just be in the kitchen, humming some tunes and making dinner. If I asked her about how things were going, she would just smile and put a plate in front of me, and then tell me about her day at the council. That woman could hold together two magnetically opposed atoms with her bare webs. Erin has actually moved her stuff in with Ori, in the meantime, to help out around the house. Ori said she didn't need it, but I think she's like having Erin around. 
There were times when I got there and the two of them were just sitting on the couch talking quietly. Sometimes I swear they wouldn't even know I'd come in, so I'd just leave quietly and leave them be. After grabbing a plate of whatever it is Ori cooked up, that is. Okay, let's talk about something else. I can't let my mind wander again. Drink in hand, let's go. Girl, I'm having a hard enough time keeping up with all of the Hermavina teams when it comes to the league and player swapping. Are you telling me that they are swapping between planets now too? Our league tracking is not expanded to show the Illithian teams yet. We did get news about Signy making captain, and I collected a fat bunch of colors from that prediction. So I bought you a really fancy galang to drop into the probe as a thank you for some of your insider information. Unfortunately, it looks like there is a backlog of parcels lined up, so I may not get to send it for a few rotats. It's in the queue, though. Ooh, maybe with that prediction I could be a seer. Tell me more about them. Do they have some mystical powers where they can see the future? I don't remember CJ or Jason, for that matter, ever telling me about CJ visiting with one. What did they tell her? I don't know if we have anyone in our culture that would be good at approximation of something like a seer. There were wise folk mentioned in the history books, but those usually just older villages that people would go to for advice and help. They had been around long enough to know everyone in the village, and be able to point someone in the right direction to get something done, but no actual predictions. Besides, you don't need a seer to tell you that you are surrounded by love. I could have told you that. Please pass along to CJ, my love. I have been really afraid to message her because my last two messages to her were after Jason's crash and then after her attack. I don't want her to think that I'm only messaging her when something bad is happening, so I've been holding off. I'm sure she is probably getting messages from a thousand other people already anyways, and doesn't need to hear any frantic stuff from me. I really hope she is doing okay. Ori had mentioned that she may try and reach out to her, but I'm not sure if she had yet. She may just do it through Helga or Vera. I'm sure that Urja has probably reached out to both Ori and CJ as well. I've never met a school that is as tight as they are. Different worlds and vast distances can't slow them down with how much they all care about each other. You know, Urko isn't wrong when it comes to racing transports. A lot of the pilots here have some side bets on who can run the fastest transport mission to various parts of the system. The flights to and from Fenora have the lowest wages, since it's the closest planet, and there are really only a few ways to shave time off the trip. All of the transports are only allowed minor variations on the amount of gravitational forces you can place on the vessel so the overall speed has to remain constant. The fun part is when you get into trips like the ones to Tikor Havala, or even out to Key. A good pilot will plot out a path that can take you around other planets and you can use the gravity wells to swing around a little faster. Or depending on the locations, your trip could actually be shorter because things lined up so well. Jorah actually holds the record for TKH right at 9 annals. I have no idea how she did it, but I think she waited for the right window on how the planets were aligned. Oh, I logged into Shadows of the Twin Sisters to check out that location you were talking about. It was not a cash shop, but a bookstore that gave out quests to find some ancient volumes by diving into the waters of the surrounding areas. I didn't think your people liked swimming around in insanely cold waters. The weird thing is that I went looking for some of that artwork you sent. There's no trace of it. Even when I tried to upload the photos you gave me, I got an automated response that the files were removed. I asked Erin and she thinks there's some old code out there on the wideband that scrubs images based on recognition and keywords. It's really weird. She asked Ori about it as well and just got a, huh? That is so strange. With a weird smirk. In an effort to get my mind off everything that's going on here, I ended up on a simple mission out of Chone. I would say that I volunteered for it, but I didn't. I was kind of voluntold to go. I guess my bosses thought I was getting in the way of the VSA headquarters and signed me up for one of my most favourite duties in the system. That's a joke, in case you couldn't tell. They put me on a shuttle duty for the research base on one of the moons, and I hate it. I have done this rotation in the past, but out on Chonar, after Jason did it and he talked it up as being a vacation, believe me, it's not. I'm just flying scientists around the moon so they can look at rocks, and I'm bored out of my scales. I've been thinking of teaching some of these people how to operate the shuttles themselves so they could just fly around on their own. While back in the station, you'll never guess who I ran into. Do you remember that geologist that Jason was seeing when he was on Chonar? 
Her name was Navi, and she was stunningly beautiful. Well, she's one of the lead scientists here, and is heading up a project that has something to do with analysing anomalous scarring on the moon, and connected it to matching markers over on Cho Nar. I have no idea what that means, but I did meet up with her in one of the lounges, and we got talking about everything that's going on, both with her and Jason. Naturally, she had heard the news. I don't think anyone hasn't. She attempted to express her condolences, and I had to cut her off immediately, as there is no one at the VSA that is ready to admit anything remote. <sighs> it's fine, we're fine. After we cleared that up, we talked about what she'd been doing. Most of it was working around the moons and connecting theory after theory, but she did manage to find a partner that is one of the other scientists. He was working out on Cho Nar, but they often rotate to the same station. She told me that after meeting Jason that she started looking at her relationships very differently. Something he said had stuck with her, that she needed to focus more on herself and not actually move from fling to fling. She said that when Jason explained his situation to her, he seemed to have had a sad regret about it. When she did that, she found Tumo, and the two of them had just clicked. We spent the rest of the time sharing stories and drinking, and generally having a good time. It's been about the only good thing that's come from this assignment. <sighs> I'm sorry, sweetie. I'm not the best company right now. All of this has been stressing me out a lot. I miss my brother. I just want him to come home. May the waves guide us. Javi. You've been listening to an episode of the Binary Saga. The part of Javi is played by James Hare. The part of Mari is played by Katie Kohler. Ori is played by Juliana Finch. Music by Eric Matias and soundimage.org. Thank you to our Patreon members, Samantha and Rob and Mary Carnahan. If you like what we're doing, please consider visiting our Patreon page, which can be found in the Where to Find Us menu on our website, or leave us a review on your favorite podcast app. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook with at the Binary Saga. Want to ask us questions? Join us on Discord for general chat. Find all of these links and more information at BinarySaga.com. You can read the print version for the entire first and second season in Kindle or paperback on Amazon. Print versions will include a number of extra stories and background information. Just search for The Binary Saga. <laughs>